LWL. I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the fantasy headliners. Welcome back to the show. Back again, once again, with my man, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Happy Taco Tuesday to you. Um, whether you're having, you know, tacos, whether it's Mexican food, if you want to go Italian and you want to have some, uh, some, some pasta, as Chouse likes to say, not pasta, pasta but pasta. Pasta, yeah. Yeah. So for all the for Headliner Nation listening, we want to you let us know in, in, in a review or a comment, you know, let us know if it's if it's pasta or pasta and if pasta is OK to have on Taco Tuesday. Is it tomato or tomato? I say tomato. I also so say potato. Same with me. So I'm right. Well, with those words, yeah, it's just with the <laughs> with that with, with that with that stringy, starchy food. Oh, that's a little Christ. bit. Of, yeah. You know, it could be a long day if that's how we're starting the show out, man, talking about pronunciation of food. <laughs> but it's true, man. We got a lot to discuss. Hey, man, mailbag. You want to do a mailbag to kick this show off? Because uh, it's actually a buddy yeah. of mine. Yeah, man, his question. This is, this is the first time we've ever done a mailbag. So let's do it. Second time, actually. But I mean, hey, you know what? Who's counting? We told these people if they want a question answered, you just got to give mm-hmm. us a, a shout out on Twitter and we'll answer your questions, man. I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. this is what we do, right? I agree. Let's get to it. Perfect, man. So this is actually a close personal friend of mine, and he is struggling because he doesn't want to give up one of these players. And I completely understand. So let's go, man. He says, would you trade CMC for Nick Chubb and Godwin? He has Aaron Jones, Vontae as his RB2, Jamar Chase as his wideout one, and just lost Bobby Trees to the injury. This is a keeper league, half PPR. What are you doing? I'm taking that. I'm, I'm absolutely making that move. It, it sucks to have to get rid of CMC, but I think it's very, very fair value. You know, you get a, you still get an RB one in return and, you know, you get a low end wide receiver, one high end wide receiver, two in Godwin. So for me, I think it's a win-win. It's helped certainly would help him make a big push for the playoffs. Agreed. And I think he's doing very well. I told him that I really like the deal, especially the fact that it's a keeper league. And I think he loses uh, keeper eligibility for CMC next year anyway. And that's kind of what tipped the scales even more for me to say, absolutely hit that smash button. But I get his apprehension. I mean, it is CMC. I mean, but we're huge Nick Chubb supporters anyway. And if Nick Chubb can just stay on the field, there's no Mm -hmm. question that his point differential is going to be what? Plus or minus eight every single week uh, compared, maybe less six, uh, depending on TD upside, only because CMC gets the PPR upside. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who knows what's, you know, what's going to happen with with Kareem Hunt in the future. So where Nick Chubb's still only 25 years old, you're still going to get a few really, really good years left in him. And and the thing with Baker, man, he's playing injured. Everything's falling off on the man. They're going to have to run. Even if Kareem Hunt does come back to full health and they go back to split backfield, Baker's mm-hmm. Baker's injured, man. That shoulder's falling off. The knee is now messed up. His foot. Did you see him? He could not plant this week. Mm. Uh, like that game was uh, like if I would have known, I would have definitely put way more money on the New England Patriots because I didn't know his foot was that messed up, man. They hid that from us. Well, I was thinking the foot was the one thing nobody told us about. It was all, you know, it was the, it was, it was the, the left shoulder, you know, and that was all messed up. So that's kind of what people were focusing on. Yeah, man. But you're going to say yes to this deal. hundred percent, hundred percent smash that accept button. There you go, buddy. Frazier, man. There you go, man. There's your answer to your question. Mailbag. We got headlines, man. And I got to I got to vent a little bit because it seems like I'm venting every bloody week now, because guess what, man? This league is so messed up right now. Everything is effed up. We don't know what's coming, what's going in this league. After 10 weeks, I don't care who you are. We study everything, the stats, the, the tape. We watch all the games. 
And I don't, I, I can't tell you who's the favorite right now. I can't tell you, man. The production for the veterans is just completely horseshit. The, the youth movement is not moving in the direction, even two, second year and third year players. It's not moving to the direction that I wanted to go. You go look on waiver wires now, even in like a league that isn't uh, necessarily deep with mm. a bench. Yep. There's not a lot of waivers, man. Like it's, it's a very difficult season and we're only in week 10 and, and we're in the playoff crunch, man. Either you get in, you need these wins, or you're going to be out. Well, especially where there's now, you know, an 18-week season. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of teams might be started sitting their starters for week 18. A lot of these fantasy leagues, you know, their regular season is going to end a week early so they can kind of get a leg up on that extra week season. So, I mean, if you're trying to make a push for the playoffs, you've got, maybe two or three weeks left of your regular season before you're trying to get into the playoff spot. Yeah, man. Did you guys move yours uh, back a week in all your leagues? So, so we actually kept it the same. I believe we kept it where the regular season ends week 13 or 14, 14. And then the playoffs again, depending if you're how many teams in your league, uh, then the playoffs would be week 14, 15 and 16. I believe it was. So that, you know, we're kind of just treating it as a week 17, week 18 is that eh, who knows what's going to happen there. Who knows? Yeah. See, we all the leagues that I'm in is the one that I commission. I pushed everything back one week. So we're going 15, 16, 17 for championship week 18. It would be last year's week 17. So we'll see. And I think what we yeah, and I think what we decided to do is where I'm the commission, one of the leagues and the other ones I'm not where we kind of wanted to use this this year as a test year just to see exactly what teams might do for week 17 and 18 mm -hmm. and then change the schedule next year if need be based off of that yeah, fair enough and i mean to continue down the shit show i mean literally go get some baby wipes and wipe all the crap that's all over the walls because it's been an explosion of garbage <sighs> I, I got to take a deep breath for this one because this is a laundry list of, of unreal stuff that we uh, witnessed. The Ravens lose to the Miami Dolphins Thursday night football. Cam Newton comes back, scores two touchdowns, beats Arizona. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, they drop an ugly loss against the Washington football team. The L.A. Chargers are slumping, lost that killer instinct. The Steelers tie the Detroit Lions. I get it, no Big Ben, but still, they tied, man. The Patriots destroy and dismantle the Cleveland Browns. Philadelphia punches Denver in the face. Russ looks like he's uh, super rusty. Hey, there's a new t-shirt. Uh, Russ is rusty. And DK's losing his mind on the field. He continues to get ejected because he's picking fights. KC is back, yes or no. We have no idea. The Bills bounce back versus the Jets. Who knows if that's real. And the Rams shit the man on, on Monday Night Football. Chris, I mean, pick, pick your battle, man. Pick your poison. Where do you want to begin? Because there's so much crap to go through. I, I have a headache already. I mean, uh, all, all of the above. Don't just give me like A, B, C. Let's go. Let's go with D. But I mean, let's let's kind of start it off with, you know, that that Thursday night football game. Because I mean, that that alone in itself was just I mean, most Thursday night football games are kind of a mess to begin with, you know. Um, but I mean, it's just it's that was kind of after that game, I was like, oh. Well, if this is how the rest of the week's going to go, then I just don't want to watch football. And let's be honest, that's the way the rest of the week went. So I want to know your take on that on that game in particular. Oh, man, what I was watching, it's it's like, you you know, Miami is 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 this team that we expected their defense to be a lot better than what they have been. That on Thursday night football, they were what we expected them to be. They played lights out, pressure in the quarterback. And and the thing is, it's that staple of keeping Lamar 
contained in that pocket. So it's not even necessarily like you're rushing the passer to get the sack. You're rushing to clog the outsides and contain while you're giving him the middle lanes. That way, at least you can you have a better chance of closing in on him. He wasn't making his throws. The passes were getting intercepted. Howard was playing fantastic. That youngster, that Hollins kid, he's a problem, mm. man. He was all over the bloody field. And, and I mean, what does this do for everyone who cussing me for the Bills losing to the Jags? How can you talk about the Ravens now as favorites? It's 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 a week to week league. It's cliche. We understand. But truly this year, week to week, man, there is no favorite at this point. Yeah. And that was one thing that kind of was surprising to see for me was, you know, now Miami's defense is, is fine, you know, but watching that game, you know, Lamar had he had those his his rushing lanes, but I mean he wasn't running the ball as often as we normally see him actually run. Uh, he didn't get the yardage that he normally gets. He wasn't he wasn't breaking free from a lot of the tackles that he can kind of wiggle out of. Miami was just did a solid job of tackling, like from the beginning of the game until the very end, and they were getting after him all game long. And I mean, there's and I agree. And I mean, there was there was two situations. It was both Sammy Watkins fault. He fumbled that one ball that kind of put the game out of reach. But I mean, that first one, excuse me, where he was going to the end zone, that pass was there. I mean, he just he, he lost sight of where the goalpost was because he remember he looked down and it was almost like he was afraid that he was going to run into the thing when he still had a good two, three yards where he could have made the catch toe tapped and it would have been a touchdown. I yeah. mean. I get it. He hasn't been on the field a, a lot this season, and it's been continuous injuries for Sammy Watkins. But I mean, shit, it, it, once that happened, it started snowballing. And snow you had an old line do a screen pass, for God's sakes. That was illegal, obviously. But he made <laughs> he made one of the best plays of the year. Yeah, but he, so looking at the game, um, the first half on the Baltimore side, first half, it was the Mark Andrews show because it was all Mark Andrews. And then the second half, it was like, you know what? It's going to be Rashad Bateman's turn. And so Bateman then turned it on the second half. And so what I then saw from the Miami side was they were just spreading all over the place. I mean, Isaiah Ford and Albert Wilson, where the hell have you guys been? Like right. they just kind of, you know, they finally popped up and showed out. So um, I do think that with Miami, um, the one thing that they really do need to just figure out is that running game because I mean, Savon Ahmed had your boy had two carries for six yards and Gaskin was super inefficient with all of his touches as well. So that's the one thing that they really do need to get figured out, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. If they can get the running part of their game, their offense figured out, that's going to be a dangerous offense. Well, look at Jalen Waddle, man. He was creating separation, and we knew this. We scouted his film, and we dissected everything that he was going to do in this NFL, and he's he's proven it, and he's been doing it very well all season. This game against Humphrey, okay, and I get it. Humphrey's been kind of slipping all year. You know, he hasn't been the same Humphrey that we've seen in years past. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, Waddle was taking him to town, man, and I mean, you're talking full-blown five, six yards of separation deep downfield, and that, that one deep pass going, I believe it was to the left of the field when he was going a heavy cross over the middle, and I mean, he was basically wide open, and Tua hit him perfectly, but Jalen Waddle, and I agree with you, the run game, you know, why aren't you utilizing Salvin as your primary guy on first and second and use Gaskin in the pass game? He is much better as a pass receiving back than he is this full-blown first and second down. I get it. Uh, Ahmed isn't necessarily going to be a, your bulldozer Henry. I think he's just better of a, of a pure runner than Gaskin ever has been. Yeah. Did you hear, did you see what, uh, what Marlon Humphrey said about Jalen Waddle? He said, no. he said, next, next season, Waddle is going to be a top 10 wide receiver. Oh, yes, I did see that. And it's yeah. truth. And it's true. When it's coming from yep. people's mouths like that that he plays against, 
Jalen Waddle's got to be on the Dolphins. Hey, he couldn't be uh, out of my division. Now I got to see this for the next 15 years. Good God. Cam Newton, man. Cam Newton comes back and scores two touchdowns. And he says, I'm back. And he's cheering and taking off his helmet. I mean, I mean, let it out, Chris. You saw him for a full season. I saw him for a Mm -hmm. full season in our division. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, man. Break down Mr. Cam mother effing Newton. So there's there's not much to break down from this one game because he had what three or four passing attempts, you know, um, everything that he did was short yardage. Um, so he didn't, you know, he didn't get a lot of run, but you know, he said he got those two touchdowns. You know, he had the one touchdown in the corner of the end zone to Robbie Anderson. And then he had the rushing touchdown, which I will say, you know, he still had that, that little bit of speed to get himself to the edge, you know, get to get to the outside to make sure that he was running in for that touchdown. Um, but I want, I want to see him, actually lead a drive. I want to see him go downfield. I don't want to see the drive stall. I don't want to see him turn the ball over with a fumble or an interception like we saw for a lot of last season in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, he did play really well before he had COVID uh, last year in New England. After the first three weeks, he did. He looked really good. Uh, but I just, I, I understand his weapons are much, much better here in Carolina than not only did he have last year in New England, but probably ever had in his previous years with Carolina. But I want to see what he can do now because I still I'm not convinced that that shoulder is, is fine. You know, I don't I understand he has DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey uh, and he has Robbie Anderson. He's got weapons. Absolutely. But even in New England, I saw him throw the ball at the feet of James White, like five yards down the field on a check down. Like, I don't trust Cam Newton to be able to lead a drive and to put up points. Now, if you're you're banking on that rushing upside, you're almost hoping that he can get you what 50 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown a game. And that's not sustainable. I'm not saying, I don't think he's, that's something he's going to be able to do game in and game out, but if he can get you 15 fantasy points a game, then yes, then he's, you know, he's, he's top 15 viable there in that, in that aspect. see. And I, and I don't hate any of it because we're of the same opinion on cam, I think. And it's not that we dislike cam. It's not that any, it's just, I, I think the expiration date is kind of past and you know, we had this discussion in our in our uh, group chat, and and I mean, Jake was supportive of it, and I get it. He's talking, you know, saying, uh, you know, this this week because he's likely going to get the start, he's going to have practice time, and you know, he's hype up, and uh, he's back in Carolina, and things are going to go extremely well. I don't hate the argument. I think that it's a sound argument. However, it's just about faith in his arm. So the only the only reason I'm thinking Cam might. Uh, not he might play well this week, but they have to alter this offense. I think it has to be a super short yard passing, super slants, short outs from the backfield for CMC. I mean, everything has to be predicated upon that five to eight yard range max. Anything going deep or mid range, I think it's game over. I don't think Cam can make those throws anymore. But if they also morph this into like that read option, you know, full bore, because you didn't do that with Sam Darnold. Well, they did at the beginning. That's why they were winning, and and all of a sudden. Right. They stopped it and now they're losing. But if they morph this offense into something that of that read option fully, the RPOs, and then Cam can do the short plays. I mean, I don't hate the potential, um, but yeah, I mean, I got to see it to believe it now because Cam uh, over the last year, it was, it was really, really bad. Yeah. And I, and I hope he does well. I hope he succeeds because I'm rooting for the guy. I'm a big fan of him and I hope that he plays really well, you know, but as a, as a fantasy football analyst, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical, you know, about, and I'm limiting my expectations of his. And if he exceeds those expectations, absolutely be super happy. And I'll be the first one to, you know, to eat that crow and, 
and say, you know what? I was wrong for that one game. And then we move on, but I got to see it first. Yeah, me too. I got to definitely see it. Your boy, Tommy touchdown. What the hell happened, man? Because when I was watching this game, it was like mistake after mistake. Yes. One of them wasn't his fault, but good Lord, they couldn't do anything. And this continues my, my argument and my theory that Gronkowski means so much more to this offense than we really truly realize. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was a, uh, a Washington defense, you know, no, no Montez sweat. Chase Young got, you know, tore his ACL early in that game. And so even without those two, I mean, this Washington defense was still giving Tampa Bay fits, you know, still getting after Tom Brady. Granted, he didn't get sacked, but still he had the two interceptions. He didn't look like, you know, his, his normal self. Uh, and this was the Washington defense that started looking a lot more like they did last year than that, you know, dumpster fire that we've seen with them so far this year. So I do think that you're absolutely right, though, because Brady does lean on, you know, somebody like Gronk, you know, for that that big body target in the middle of the field. He doesn't use Evans that way, you know, so it's it's like, OK, well, who else am I going to go to? And they don't have that person because they're not utilizing Cameron Braid at all. Yeah. And Antonio Brown's missing in action. And and look, A.B. and Gronk go out and this offense starts to sputter. So it's it's an interesting dynamic because, I mean, the defense alone, that secondary is so beat up. Uh, I, I really, if they're not going to win with Tom Brady's arm, I really wonder if that defense is going to be able to sustain, especially a long playoff push. Uh, the fact that they're going to have to go through the wild card because now remember this year is only the one, uh, home field advantage conference or division winner. And then, or a home field advantage, um, winner for the playoffs. And, and, and it's just the one buy. That's what, that's the word I'm looking for one bye week. And then the rest are wild cards. So Tommy's going to have to play three games to get to the Super Bowl. Um, it's not, a, or four games. So it's, it's not going to be easy for him at all. And the, you know, the, the, the pass rush is, is, is going to be okay. It's what I'm worried about that secondary. The secondary has played much better this year than they did last year, but they're still giving up a bunch of touchdowns and they've got to really clean that up as they're getting closer to the playoffs. Cause like you said, if they have to play that one extra game, you know, that they didn't have to play last year, that's going to spell big trouble. Big trouble. I totally agree. I don't, the Chargers, the Chargers, I kind of want to discuss. I kind of don't, but they, they're slumping, man. And I get it. You know, Herbert week in, week out. Now he's got that inconsistency on him. And it's it's what the hell happened in, in L.A. And and it's it's strange. It's almost like the coach did too much talking. You remember we had that, that show and it, where he was giving away all the analytical secrets. And yeah. we're like, yo, shut it, man. You're giving away too much. And, and apparently everyone's caught on because, like, look, they are not the same team that we saw for the first four weeks of the season. And I mean, are they going to be legit? Like this is, this is a big question mark for me. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that they, you know, they struggled against Minnesota who had a going into the game, they had a banged up defense. You know, they had some injuries along the front four. They had injuries in the secondary, you know, guys that played, but weren't hundred percent. And with this offense that you have in LA, you weren't able to, you know, capitalize and take advantage of that. That's where, like you said, the inconsistency really concerns me, you know, especially after somebody, you know, like, like Herbert, who was so consistent in his rookie year, you were kind of hoping that it transfers over to the sophomore year, but we've seen, you know, him kind of hit and miss here and there. And that defense, the defense to me is like, 
this uneven wave. It's it, they have ballers, they have playmakers, and then some weeks you're like, how how are you guys playing so poor? And and it, it just like the, the whole system and scheme. It's almost like the war of attrition is getting to this this rookie head coach, and he's got to learn how to adjust now on the fly because this is kind of the dog days of the NFL season between what week eight to week eleven, where where teams are like, yeah, am I really making that push? Am I not? And then after that, you start to see teams kind of start separating. That's at least my expectation again this year. I really wonder now with Kansas City back and winning. I mean. LA, you you had it, man. It was right there in your bloody hands. Like you were you were massaging the balls, and and now you're not. So LA's the Chargers defense is literally like the Jekyll and Hyde of the NFL because they have the they have a top three, top five uh pass defense in the league. Their run defense is dead last. They're giving up almost 130 rushing yards a game to just running backs. To just running backs that, you know, it's not including, you know, any sort of jet sweeps or, you know, QB runs or anything like that. But on, on the, the passing side of the ball, they're only giving up like 230, 240 passing yards a game, which is one of the best in the league. So it's like, the, so teams just know the blueprint now. Like, okay, well, we can just run all day on the chargers, which Dalvin cook did exactly that this past week. Yeah, exactly. Man. It is big troubles in LA, not only for them, but for the other uh, LA team, but we'll get to them. Your Patriots, man. Your Patriots taking steroids because Mac Money Jones, man. What did we tell y'all? What did I say? Mac Money, this guy, man, the most pro-ready quarterback coming out of this draft. I mean, we've been talking about this for how long? It's been 10 weeks now, plus the draft and offseason. Mm-hmm. He's showing it, man. And everything is just coming together for you guys. You guys, and what about my boy Ramondre? Let's go give me some give me some props on Ramondre because he was my guy coming in the offseason. He just he he comes in because Harris is out with a concussion and, and it was game over before it started. Dude, your boy Ramondre averaged five yards a carry, okay, and had two touchdowns. I mean, he, he even had like a handful of catches. So I mean, he was he he showed out and I salute you because he I was I didn't I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it at all. But we know, hey, he did it against the Browns. And granted, you know, they didn't have they didn't have JOK for that game, but that's all right. You know, Browns still have a, a, a solid defense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, week in and week week out, Mac Jones is, you know, 70 percent completion percentage, you know, almost every single week. Just he's just getting it done. He's limiting the turnovers as well, which I love. You know, there was a stretch where he had like three or four games in a row or four out of five games where he threw an interception. Mm. He's cleaned that up. He's much better about taking care of the football and he's making the right decisions. He's even pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. They're trusting him more and more every week to make those deep throws, you know, not just, you know, limit him to something, you know, within 10 yards of the field. And everyone's going to sit here and say, what Bill Belichick is the genius. And I'm going to say it because he is the only coach that I see nowadays even still who understands what he has in his locker room he'll draft a player because he's the best player on the board you know typically not saying Mm -hmm. it happens all the time but he understands what he gets with these players he doesn't force them to do anything they cannot do he understands coaches man like sean McVay on monday night football dude i don't even know what you were smoking what you were drinking because seriously that was that was I, I I don't know I don't even have an ex- explanation for it. It was that bad. You didn't adjust. You were vanilla beyond measure. I get it. Stafford was playing like he smoked crack too. But I'm saying 
it was just it was just such a poor developing scheme offensive no adjustment Bill Belichick does this so well. Mac Jones was what? 70% plus in Alabama. Now Mac Jones again in the NFL is starting to pick up that pace without a number one wide receiver. Think about that for one second. Everyone credited his success in Bama to the uh, to the Smiths, the Waddles, the Judys, etc. Like Judy before mm-hmm. him, but I mean, still, you see what I'm saying? He had a plethora of talent around him. Everyone's oh, his talent made Mac Money Jones. Hell no, it did not. Because look what he's doing, man. Myers even got himself a touchdown this week. First touchdown score of his career. Yeah, we even had an Nikhil Harry sighting. Okay, for one catch. So, you know, you know what impressed me a lot too was uh, Hunter Henry. I mean, some of the catches, some of the -the over-the-shoulder catches that Henry made in that game were unbelievable. Not only one of the touchdowns, but there was another catch right on the sideline on the left side of the field, you know, for like 25, 26 yards, and just Mac Jones dropped it in perfectly. But the concentration by Henry, that's going to be a fun connection to watch over the next couple of years. And Henry's blossoming, man, like we thought he would have. John, who's another question. Thankfully, you guys structured those contracts where you can punt him out the door next year. But Henry's Henry was the deal, man. We knew he's like the the Gronk type in this offense that they require. Yeah. All you need Just now minus is the, uh, m- minus the minus uh, the the pass block or the uh, the blocking because that's something go. that Henry sure. still cannot do. <laughs> he's not it's almost like t- it's almost like defenses could scheme against the Patriots because when they see Henry lined up on one side of the field, they're like, okay, they're going to run it the other side of the field now. Okay, we, or we they're know passing. what they're going to do. Yeah, or yeah. they're passing. <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly what they're doing. This Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I get it. No Big Ben, even though his arm is uh, loaded with bubble gum, holding it holding it together. I mean, the Detroit Lions, you didn't lose, man. This is, hey, you see, you did not lose. I think it's celebration time. Okay, mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. not a loss. It was a tie. You didn't win, but you didn't lose. And um, I picked the Lions uh, plus eight in this contest. And I'm glad I did. It was even with Big Ben. I was still very confident. But I mean, the, the Lions got to be close. And you got to feel bad for this head coach, Campbell. I get it. The kneecap biting, you know, the freaking walking into your uh, press conference with a motorcycle helmet on, doing a bunch of dumb shit this offseason. I get it. But I really feel bad for this man because he even came out. And he's a, he's he's already cried once on on uh, his press conference. He came out uh, last week. He's saying, "Oh, I don't know what kind of twilight zone we're in." And it, it just shows they're trying everything. They they are an improving defense. Their pass defense is a is a lot better than it had been uh, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Are these guys going to get a win, man? Like frick, <laughs> can we get them a win? And on who? I mean, the fact that. Uh, DeAndre Swift was able to rush for, you know, more than 50 yards was absolutely phenomenal. So that was, a, that was a good plus 33 um, touches from the backfield. I mean, great. It's like, yeah, 30 plus touches. Uh, the one, the biggest crime of this game was that Jared Goff has TJ Hawkinson as a receiver, you know, his tight end. And he was targeted once in four, like four, what, four, four plus quarters yeah. targeted once he is your best receiving option outside of DeAndre Swift and you target the man once like what why why I Jared Goff should not be an NFL quarterback no he's done and I think we're done with this topic because I don't even know how much more I can talk about the Detroit Lions oh and outside of Mason Rudolph looked like the same piece of hot garbage that he has Whenever we've seen him before, I don't he even know. Why. I don't. I don't even know why he's on the club. To be honest with you, Doug Hodges know. and Mason Rudolph. Like, 
I'll take Duck Hodges over Mason Rudolph. I won't. I won't take either one of those bums, man. I'm sorry, guys. Like, all due respect to your NFL players, I mean, but come on, man. You guys, your time has passed. Your expiration date, you never even had one, if we're going to even say that, man. Like, that's how bad you guys are. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, buddy. Kansas City. So what we saw this week was a much better improvement. We got to talk yep. about the Chiefs. Excuse me. They, they, they've taken back the lead in the division. Right back where life should be, I guess we should say, because, I mean, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. We knew that they were eventually going to get out of this slump. But what did we do? What did we see in this contest that was kind of the dividing factor? It was Mahomes getting that lucky Mahomes stuff back. The cross field throws, you know, the end zone toss across his body, stuff that was was not working for them on their losing streak or on their extreme slump. It was working again. Mahomes, and, and you know the analogy, Chris Collinsworth and company, they're, oh, Mahomes, man, with the Mahomes vintage throws. This is kind of lucky stuff, dude. Like, I get it. He's got the arm. He's putting it in the right spot. But, I mean, remember the year before, Mahomes was one of the luckiest, quote-unquote, luckiest quarterbacks. How many interceptions mm-hmm. were dropped that should have been picked off for Mahomes? Oh, absolutely. And again, you had some of it, you know, in this game. And what impressed me the most is that they were able to get it done against a Las Vegas defense that isn't bad. Like they're not a bad defense at all. And Mahomes was able to make it work. You know, the run game was meh. You know, I mean, Daryl Williams didn't really do much. They got more of Derek Gore involved, just mainly because, you know, they used him towards the end of the game. Um, but Vegas just wasn't able to get anything going. I mean, Carr looked, you know, pedestrian. He looked mediocre throughout the whole game. Waller, you know, finally got a bunch of targets, but wasn't able to do much with it. So, I mean, when you when your when your main guys aren't able to start performing, I mean, it's an uphill battle, you know. And then just playing against a team like Kansas City, it's even worse. Uh, but Kansas City finally did get things going. You know, it was nice to see Travis Kelsey finally get back on track after struggling mm. for a couple of weeks. Uh, Tyreek Hill was Tyreek Hill, you know. So it was almost like the Chiefs were, you know, they were the Chiefs that we we're used to seeing over the last couple of years and not what we've seen through the first, you know, eight or nine games of the season. It was a breath of fresh air for fantasy wise, man, because I got Tyreek, I got Kelsey shares. I got Williams shares. It was nice, man. I got, I got Mahomes shares. It, it's nice mm-hmm. to see them perform and, and see my point totals increase. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this after. Cause I think I got a good one. Yeah. We'll get into that after because it's it's a it's a definite interesting discussion, but I mean we won't discuss my bills. They dismantled the Jets like I assumed they would. Mike White it comes back down to earth. The the uh, Mike White experiment. I mean four interceptions did not look good. So we'll just sidestep my bills. They get the Colts this week. It's going to be interesting. I'm actually kind of nervous about this one. Can I just I just say like the fact that and I don't like it. I don't like to ever you know say anything when a player performs badly or or anything like that. But the fact that Mike White had the game that he did, and I'm just like, okay, so where are all the, uh, where are, where are all the, uh, the the Mike White truthers that came out for that one week and thought that he was like the next greatest thing to come out of football? So let's, uh, let, you know, pump pump the brakes there with your little victory laps. I feel bad for Zach Wilson, man. He actually went on record and said. I need to be more like Mike White. And I'm like, whoa, dude. No. What are what, you ch- talking? 
chuck the ball down 25 times a game and just oh, hope man. that your running backs are going to get you know yards after the catch. No, you don't need to be like that. You don't need to be like that. And that's see, that's the shit that makes a quarterback actually lose all his confidence moving forward. Uh, if Zach Wilson's not careful, the Sam Darnold effect is going to happen to him too because of all this controversy. The 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 Robert Salah better have this locker room in check. Otherwise, you're going to cripple a a potential young talent because it's all confidence, man. If you mm-hmm. if you strip it, it's gone. And it, look at Sam Darnold right now, man. The confidence is completely gone again. He we may never hear from this man again. I mean, I mean, unfortunately, that my Patriots broke him again. Yes, they did. <laughs> you see him, Ghost Man Edelman. Edelman's clowning everybody on Twitter. What about the Rams, man? They just completely two weeks in a row. They don't look like themselves. I get it. OBJ gets traded. Fine. And then, you know, Vaughn gets traded. Fine. They looked awful, awful on both sides of the ball. They couldn't stop anything. Stafford, man, I like it. Did you, did you oh, see God. that one play? He, he ran across the line, ran backwards, and then threw it downfield. He's like, yeah, this is a new rule book in the NFL. I could do whatever I want. This team is legit broken, figured out, and they are not creative. Robert Woods, Bobby Trees, our boy, he's done for the year, ACL. Man, like, is there any coming back from this, or is this just the start of this downward spiral? So, first of all, I want to mention that I bet the over of 50 and a half on this game. Mm. And after the first half, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to cash without a problem. And then they decided to play uh, the second half, and things didn't work out that way. But the one thing I noticed in the first half, first quarter specifically, was obviously Stafford and OBJ were not on the same page. That first interception by Stafford, he expected he expected Odell to run towards the middle of the field on a post, and mm-hmm. Odell just stayed outside and then finally ran into the ran to the middle for that post. And of course, the ball got picked off. Uh, but yeah, no, Stafford looked absolutely horrendous. Um, I mean, the Niners defense isn't a bad defense to get me wrong, but this is the Rams team that you're supposed to be putting up, you know, 30 plus points a game. It's like this, this score should have been reversed. It should have been 31, 10 LA and not San Francisco. Yeah, of course. And I mean, the box score watchers are going to be like, what do you mean, man? Like Cooper cup 11 for 122. They had a good game. No, man, it was garbage time. Mm, It was all, it was all garbage time. This game, the Rams were dysfunctional from basically the start. You're saying that interception to uh, the past OBJ, like they started, it out it was the first out what was it like a eight yard uh out to the sideline up and it was obj's first catch as a ram and everyone's all like oh here we go and the, the roof is about to go off and and, and yeah it went until his second until his second attempt to obj and That's then the interception right. happened yeah so, and then yeah. the roof blew up man it was it was done for you guys oh like i said man it's week 10 after week 10 we know nothing we know nothing about what's going on in this league right now. I really, uh, okay, the Bills beat the Jets. Am I am I comfortable going up against the freaking Colts this week? No, I am not, man. Everything is out of whack. I don't have my confidence. Everything's stripped. Fantasy football is a complete shit show right now. Chris, what can we do to rectify this problem? I mean, I have issues. Yeah, so... What we can do to rectify this um, is to have teams play the way that we expect them to play, to not have any sort of variance whatsoever, and uh, and to make sure that you know that I don't lose to a team that has their best week of the season when I could have beaten any other team in the league that particular week. So, you know, no more leading the league in points scored against and points scored for, and still having like a five hundred record. Yeah, Let's man. make sure that doesn't happen anymore. I love it because I'm a, I'm one of the leading scorers in that league and I got like four wins. I'm I'm not a happy man over here. 
Oh, Chris, we got injuries to discuss. Injuries, man. Lots of stuff going on. Aaron Jones, MCL, man. One to three week injury. We'll see. It's likely two to three, I want to say. AJ Dillon, huge uptick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Huge uptick. And then you got this kid, Patrick Taylor Jr., the backup speed back uh, Memphis product. And, and he's not bad. I looked up his tape, had to, had to recheck. I mean, this, this has to be a committee thing now, I would want to assume. I don't foresee A.J. Dillon getting 20 carries. Do you see that happening? I, I don't know. I think I think getting like 15 carries, I think he'll, A.J. Dillon could definitely be used a little bit more in the receiving game too, though. I mean, and, and Minnesota is not great against the run. They're giving up over 100 rushing yards a game to running backs right now. Um, so I do think with A.J. Dillon and the way that he's built, I mean, Minnesota gives up a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of yards per run. So I think that AJ Dillon, you know, even with 15 carries, I think he could still do some damage. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw him involved very heavily, more so than he normally is as a receiver. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where, where Green Bay is going to be on the road, but they still are favorites. And that implied total right now for them is like 26 points. AJ Dillon is is a is a start for me this week, hands down. Yeah, absolutely, no question. What about Patrick Taylor? If you're where the the people are hurting, man, the people are hurting with running back issues. Are you taking a flyer against Minnesota to hope that you know he's gonna maybe get some change of pace, breakaway touchdown appeal, high upside? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Um, just just because I think that there are other options that you can have out there, you know, with all the injuries that are going on. I'd much rather just have AJ Dillon or nobody on uh, on that Packers backfield. Don't say I didn't warn you. Here comes the breakout game for Mr. Taylor. I'm just kidding. I have no idea what's going to happen in that contest. Cordero Patterson, he's likely not to suit up on Thursday night football, man. Wayne Gallman or Mike Davis. Here we go. Big oh, boy it. time. We need a we need an answer because volume is key in this one. It's not talent. It's going to be volume. And Mike Davis right now is shit the bed. And I keep using that with a lot of things because this league right now is shitting the bed. Mike Davis or Wayne Gallman, man. I'm kind of leaning on Gallman right now. Yeah, I'm. I don't, I, I almost want to say Mike Davis because I don't know how much Gallman will actually be, will be utilized. I mean, hell, I could say the same thing about Mike Davis though, but what has Mike have Davis to, done for you lately, man? Lately? How about what has he done for you all season? Because the Thank answer you. is absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, and lately, um, I mean 10 weeks lately. Yeah. Um, no, I, for, for me, I'm, I'm staying away from that Atlanta backfield. I know the Patriots are not good, you know, against the run. You got to pick one still, though, Chris, the people need an answer. Oh, God, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go with Davis and just hope that he gets involved a little bit more as a pass catcher, like he was in Carolina, especially with the absence of Patterson. They're going to need another guy to step up because the Patriots are going to hone in on Kyle Pitts. And then they're going to pretty much make Matt Ryan beat you, you know, with his arm to other receivers. So I think that they're going to try to shut down the run, shut down pits, and then, you know, worry about the other receivers later. I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Wayne Gallman. If I have to choose, I'm going to go with uh, fresh legs Gallman. I think that, you know, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that, you know, mm -hmm. what he had, what, 15 carries last week. Yes, it was garbage time. They, they against the Cowboys and they, they were just lighting them up and they had to put somebody in to kill the clock. I get it. It's not a full statistic that we can uh, put all the bank on. But I liked Wayne Gallman. I want to see Clemson Wayne Gallman in this in this contest. I want to see him light up the scoreboard and be that waiver wire pickup of the week that everybody can trust and smile the next day and say, yes, sir, you got me my victory. 
that's quite the endorsement for that. So that, that was right? like an ad right there. Well done. <laughs> I've been practicing, man. It's good stuff. Eli Mitchell, broken finger. No word yet on his availability. Coach Kyle Shanahan is the liar of all liars. We know this. You cannot trust a word that comes out of that man's mouth. He says he is hopeful that Eli is going to practice tomorrow right after surgery. So wheel him out of the hospital and put him on the field. Strap on those pads. I don't buy it. So now we got a situation here where it's going to be Wilson. It's going to be Trey Sermon likely activated. And and I got to go with Wilson here. And it's got to be only because of volume again. It's not like we're going to be sitting here talking about Wilson being this Jeffrey Wilson being this hot. Come on. We know he's a goal line guy. He's the, the upside mm-hmm. for a touchdown appeal is there. Give me 12 carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. And I think it's a great steal off the waiver. What about Kyle Usick? You like you like you like Usick a little bit or no? Yeah, that's that's a good one. Flex appeal, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I agree with you. I one think that, carry, you know, one you, touchdown. Yeah, if you had to pick somebody out of that backfield, I think Jeff Jeff Wilson's the guy. Like you said, he's going to get the goal line touches. He's that big bruiser for them. Um, so I think that he's going to be that lead guy for them. Do you think Eli's going to be playing in this contest? Because I really don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fractured finger. So like, yeah, they could put him, they put it, put a cast on it and just let him run out there. You know, fumbles, fumbles. Yeah. I mean, that, the whole team is kind of a fumble at this point, you know, minus the, the win they had against the Rams, but God, I need Wilson this week, man. I need someone to pick off this waiver. Cause my running backs are hurting, man. Damian Harris, man. He's training in the right direction to start. We talked about Ramondre. I mean, Dude, what do you do with this backfield right now? Does it automatically go back to Harris? Because, I mean, remember when I said at the beginning of the season, how dangerous would this offense look? And we're talking too much about your Patriots. I don't like this. It's dominating the show, for God's sakes. But I'm saying, remember I said at the beginning of the season, if if Damian Harris and Ramondre did a 50-50 backfield, this would be music to Mac Jones' ears. And look what this run game is doing for the man. The play action is there, but I digress. If Damian comes back, he's he's obviously going to be 70-30 at, at least. Mm-hmm. I think that what they should do is, you know, and I, I don't want to say they need to look ahead because they need to make sure that they focus on, on Atlanta. Uh, but I do think that they should rest Harris, you know, let him get 100% right because it is a short week. Put Stevenson, Stevenson in there. And then when Harris does come back, I think what they'll do is they probably will limit his workload a little bit because they're going to want to save him for a potential playoff run. And hopefully if they get into the playoffs, make sure that they have him fresh for that. And then you have that one, two punch of Harris and Stevenson. Look at this guy already, man. He gets a couple of victories and now he's pumping his tires. He's a potential playoff run. You should see the smile on this man's face right now. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. You're talking about playoffs. We're trying to win a game here, man. Talking about playoffs. Chase Young, like you mentioned, man, ACL done for the year. So sad. I can't believe the the top end player. I hate seeing top end players go down, man. And and now, I mean, his next year availability is going to be now in question. He'll likely start the season on the pup and and likely probably what week six coming back. Mm -hmm. But this just sucks, man. You know, it's it's interesting. I saw a stat today uh, that showed uh, Chase Young uh, was, you know, defensive end at Ohio State. Picked second overall towards ACL in his second season. Nick Bosa, defensive end at Ohio State, taken second overall, also tore his ACL in his second NFL season. So I think that Chase Young is just built differently, to be honest with you. I think he's going to come back from this injury. He's going to still be a monster. Um, like you said, it's probably going to be, you know, he's going to miss probably the first six weeks of, of next season. But he's going to come back and he's going to be just as dominant as he as he has been. He's 
just an absolute, absolute athletic freak. Absolutely. And I mean, he's got youth on his side. No question about it. Speaking of freaks, and I don't even know what to think of this man, Saquon. Saquon is trending in the right direction. I don't know Mm. what that means anymore. The right direction has killed me this season once again because I was of the direction of Saquon, and I don't want to be on this direction anymore. Does he play this week, Chris? The people need to know. I hope he doesn't because he's playing Tampa Bay, and I don't want any running back of mine on my fantasy team playing Tampa Bay. So I'd be okay if he decides to take one more week off and then come back in week 12. But um, I mean, where the giants aren't, they aren't going to, they aren't making the playoffs. Obviously they aren't going to be doing very much here. If they're smart, they wait until he is absolutely a hundred percent healthy and then bring him back. So if he's trending in the right direction, awesome. But if he's not a hundred percent, you hold him out. So I think that there's a, I think there's a 60, 40 chance that he plays. I'm at the point now. He if he's if his leg is falling off, he's got to play. You got to play because I've been watching this for too long. Do I give up on him next year, Chris? This is my problem. This is my conundrum. I the love oh, the, the, your your keeper league, yeah. The divorce, man. I got a divorce right now. The papers are signed. I just got to send them in. I mean, yeah, but it depends on what you it depends on what you get in return. Like Nothing. if you That's get the thing, I got to let him go. I have to let him go. I mean, depends. it depends on what your other options are that you could keep instead of him. I don't like your answers, man. I, I, I want definitive answers. You know what? Next, next show, next week's show, we're going to talk about your potential keepers for the 2022 fantasy season. I like it. We'll do. Yep. We'll definitely do that. Mark it down. We're going to make fun of my all-star squad. Like I built, I built the Rams in this fantasy team and, and I'm, I'm losing like the Philly dream team, man. Like I just, I, I I'm baffled. I, I built a fabulous team filled with gold and diamonds. I look like the fucking jets, man. I tell you right now, this team, I swear to God. And this fantasy, this fantasy season just took a big old I'm telling you this fantasy season took a big old dump right on your fantasy team. Yeah, it did. It's, it's horrible. Le'Veon Bell. Should we dive into Lev? Because I, oh, I, got, I got a kick out of this one. He gets released by the Baltimore Ravens. They're obviously going to go ahead with uh, Freeman and uh, Lat Murray moving forward. But what was his? Uh, uh, he he changed his Twitter profile and under his bio, man. If you guys missed this, go check out his his thing. But he's hashtag washed, fell off, slow, bad rapper, wasted talent, clown, greedy, let down, old, overrated. Did I miss anything else? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely give him the bad rapper part because I've listened to his music and it is, I mean, yeah, I'll take Cole Beasley over Le'Veon Bell as a rapper, right? I mean, but shit, at least you know what? I, I don't know if he's just being facetious, but I mean, if he, he actually, is, I think, I think yeah. he said that to like pretty much, you know, kind of combat all of his critics and haters and saying, okay, well, this is what everyone thinks about me. Did I leave anything out? Right. Yeah, and, and yeah. that makes a lot of sense the way he finished it, but. I got a kick out of it, but I mean, Lev, if you didn't take that money, we you you wonder, or you didn't sit out to take the money. I wonder what would have happened, man. Things would have went differently. I, I wonder what would have happened that next season. You know that that season he he held out. What would have happened that year in Pittsburgh? You know. Yeah, and I mean, I think life would have been a lot better. Who knows? What do you do? I mean, do you, are you picking up Lat Murray this week? Now, I mean, he's he's going to be inactive this week, and they're going to run. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I mean, uh, I mean, do you want when it comes to you know that that backfield, you know, do you want Murray? You know, do you want? I mean, 
I don't know. Do you want, Your do answer I want anyone, is perfect. Do I want anyone other than Lamar Jackson? I guess is the question. <laughs> Your answer. What about is Devonta Freeman? What about what about Freeman? I think I'd probably would rather have Freeman. But I mean, Freeman's basically owned. I think Lat still is is on the waiver, and I'm I'm only speaking of running back needy teams here. These owners are struggling. They're pulling their hair out. Who do I pick up? And I mean, there's an opportunity for Lat to you know at least split touches and get a touchdown. That's fair. I mean. I- I also don't love the matchup against the Bears. The Bears don't have a terrible run defense. No, that's fair. And I don't, I don't hate it. But I mean, if you're def- desperate, I don't hate the pickup. I, hopefully- I want to see. I'd rather be looking at uh, Mr. Deonta Foreman. Oh, Look at Deonta Foreman. I mean, he I should be available in a majority of leagues. And he's, he's going up against a Texans team that I believe are second or third worst against the run this year. So Foreman I mean, might, might be the guy in Tennessee. Go. And it's a revenge game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Foreman, and you, you advised the people last week. Do not pick up Devonta Foreman. And now this week, look how things change over week, man. You see what I'm talking about? This shit is crazy. I'm telling you because I, I saw how little they decided to use uh, Peterson and McNichols. So good God, man! My theory on McNichols just really uh, went up in flames. I'm sorry for anybody who listened to that. Debo Samuel, man. Okay, so here's the thing. I was. I, I'll give you a little bit of an analogy. I was at the party and I liked being at the party, but I didn't necessarily believe that this party was going to be spoken about weeks later. Right. I I just, you know, you you ever been to one of those parties where it's, you know, everyone's hyping it. Oh, this is going to be the jam of the year. You go and you kind of have a letdown. You know, it's, it doesn't meet your expectations. That's how I felt about Debo coming into the league. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be at the party. I'm definitely going to engage in the party. But is it going to match my expectation level of what this party should be? Debo Samuel basically punched me in the mouth this year because he has gone from however you want to call it good to to elite, you know, boy to man. Debo right now is 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 one of these guys. I mean, 74.2 half PPR points in the last four freaking games, Chris. Elite is is an understatement at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, Cooper Cup's the only receiver in the league that's averaging more fantasy points per game than Debo Samuel. Um, so, I mean, he, the guy's just showing out every single week. And, I mean, for him to do it against the Rams, you know, we knew that Jalen Ramsey wasn't going to shadow him the entire game. You know, he was going to be covering him at, at, at points. But, you know, for Samuels to do that against the Rams defense like that, I mean, it shows you that there's no... He is matchup proof. You know, you can put him against anyone you want, and he's going to win those battles. And how quick is he coming out of that backfield on those reverses and the runs? Like, mm. dude, he looks like a, a full-on running back with, I like, I don't know. He he looks like a different man to me this year. Uh, just complete. Was he wearing that chain? Did you see that chain that he has? Oh, the big-ass San Francisco like yeah, chain man. that he had on? I, 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 was he wearing that during the game? Please tell no, me. No, 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 no. He put that on when I he got saw, the I saw some gold on the side of, of it when he, he was, was running. If he was, and that was that was another 20 pounds weighing him down. <laughs> That's how he's gotten faster. See, he just wears yeah. all these diamonds. Yeah, he's unreal, man. Kudos to you. If you got Debo, you're likely going to have him as a league winner this year. I think it's not out of the question. Marcus Johnson, man, Tennessee Titans. You see this cat? He goes off. He goes five for 100 with the absence of Julio with uh, A.J. Brown on the field. They start throwing a Marcus Johnson. I mean, is this real or fake? One hit wonder. Can we trust? Put him in the lineup because, I mean, they got a good matchup, man, and, and people need wide receivers, Chris. I mean, am I trusting it? Uh, no, because, I mean, he hasn't really done anything, you know, all season long. 
And he's been in the league for a handful of years now. And he had almost as many receiving yards in this past week than he has in any single season since entering the NFL in 2017. So I'm going to say that this is this is not real. Okay, it's a it's a fake event. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't trust it just yet. We got to see some more proof to the pudding, and I just wanted to bring him up because I was curious. I liked his game. I watched that tape over, and I was like, yeah, he's got some ability. They utilized him well, put him in right situations, but I think that's all it was. It was just scheme fit that week. You know what's going to happen? He's playing Houston, so of course he's going to go off for like seven for one twenty. And this is so. this is this is why I'm saying, do you do you give it a chance, man? No, no, no. I do not. I'm <laughs> okay. okay. I'm oh, I'm more than okay with being wrong, but it's not going to happen. Okay, fair enough. I I, I love the matchup, man. I mean, this oh, the is... matchup's phenomenal. But right. whenever I love a matchup, it always goes in the opposite direction of what I wanted to do. Okay, I love it, man. We're going to put that good karma the other way and say if Chris likes the matchup, you move the other direction because that's kind of how my spreads have been going on Thursday Night Football this year. Oh, that's how Week 10 for prize picks went for me. So I apologize to <sighs> everybody for Week 10, but we're on to Week 11, so it's okay. Yeah, it's all right, man. You know, my Thursday Night Football is taking a dump to this whole year has been taking a dump with diarrhea. I just don't know what to say. Speaking of elite nature breakouts, Chris Devontae Smith, man, the breakout party wagon mm. is moving. Are you jumping on board? Because two games in a row, man, the targets are have been the same. You know what the difference is, is Jalen Hurts is actually giving him, giving Smith the opportunity to make these plays as he should have been all season long. And Smith, guess what, is coming down with the ball. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's actually, you know, finally finding the, the end zone, that's the other, I mean, that's the, that's the, the key here is the fact that he's scored a touchdown in his last two games, hadn't scored a single one since the first week of the season. So, you know, the, the targets have been there, you know, the catches, you know, for the fir first half of, of the season so far were there, but the fact that he's now finding the end zone, that's what's going to be giving you those extra fantasy points. So just keep finding the end zone, young man, and we will be all good. But no, this he's he's starting to do exactly what we thought he would he would do. Yeah, man. And I mean, there was some violence on the field, uh, the Bama versus Bama, Bama on Bama, Bama crime. Like, I mean, he he totally lit up Patrick Sertain and like Sertain is one of the young stars in the making in this league. He is going to eventually be an island onto himself and Smith, uh, man, what a catch that was. And it, he was draped, man. Sertain draped him on that. And Smith still came down with that ball. Yeah. And I mean, that was also, I mean, that was just a really nice throw by Hertz too, you know, for him to put it exactly where he needed to put it. And Smith just came absolutely down with it. So while Hertz hasn't been the most accurate quarterback, it was nice to see him throw some dimes in that game. And I like it, man. This is okay. You want to see me promote Jalen Hurts? Keep doing that shit. Just keep throwing the ball where your wide receiver can at least have a chance to make mm -hmm. a big play. That's all you need to do. Nobody's asking you to be Peyton Manning here, Jalen. Like, come on, man. Just give Smith a chance. And what happened to Rager, man? Rager is on the missing carton, the milk carton, missing people's box, man. Like, shit, man. What do you do about this, man? This poor bastard had so much potential. Uh, Rager has been, I mean, he's been missing since last season pretty much. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, I'm probably going to give him one more year cause I have him in a couple of my dynasty leagues and then I'm probably gonna be looking to sell, to be honest with you. Cause right now it's, it's looking scary. Yeah, man. Th give him the third year, three year breakout. Yep. He, he has it written all over him right now. He's just struggling to find his footing. Excuse me. Struggling to find his way in this league. Year three will tell the tale for, for Mr. Jalen Rigger for sure. Rashad Bateman! 
and the wagon is also taken off, baby. And this is more like a rocket. If you're not going to jump on this rocket, you are going to miss the, the 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 float all the way to Mars. I mean, dude, this is the time, man. You know, it's funny. When we started discussing a lot of these rookie wide receivers, these rookie running backs, we kind of put this around the week 8 to 11 mark, week 8 to 10 mark for them to start to pick up steam. Yes, Bateman dealt with the injuries, Chris, but I mean, this is what we expected him to be. He's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. I mean, I, I got a feeling breakout is coming. Oh, I think so. I mean, right now, you know, especially for those of you who are in, are in dynasty leagues right now, I mean, he is a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in dynasty leagues, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that, you know, these games for him are just going to continue to improve. And so now, you know, with him improving, with Marquise Brown really showing out this year, you have two receivers under the age of 25 with Lamar Jackson that now give you legit deep threat capabilities. And he hasn't had this sort of talent at receiver before, so, I mean, this is just, I mean, this is exactly what you want if you are a Lamar Jackson fantasy owner. Absolutely. And what I want to see is no more Sammy Watkins on the field outside of four wide receiver sets and potentially three wide receiver sets and him in the slot. Keep Bateman on the field, please. Okay. I'd rather have Duvernay at this point than Sammy Watkins on the field. I'm sorry, Sammy. I, I, I tried, man. I was your number one supporter piece back in the day. And you know what, man? I just can't do it anymore, dog. We can't. We it, This is it. I, I cannot support your game no more. No, I mean, and and with Bateman, he gives you, you know, Sam Watkins is that, you know, that mid-range threat, but Bateman allows you to spread the, you know, really like stretch the field. He's that deep ball threat. He's somebody in college when we, when you and I were going through his film, you know, he was good route runner. You know, he had a complete route tree. His release off of the line of scrimmage was phenomenal. Mm. And he knows how to get separation, which is something that a lot of young receivers don't know how to do once they enter the league. It takes them a few years to really get that going. So that and then just using his speed to be able to make the plays happen after the catch is just it's an added plus. So for me, you know, he's doing everything that we had seen you know, him do at Minnesota and it's now starting to translate over to the, the NFL level. Yeah. And he's an interesting one to study because I mean, if you go back to his college film, I mean, Chris broke it down very well is, is how we, we both agreed hundred percent on all those skill sets. The one thing that always tripped me up was uh, his, his speed to the contested ability because he does them both extremely well. And you don't typically see this out of uh, uh, wide receivers. It's usually one or the other. I mean, unless you're Calvin Johnson, right? But, right. but he, he does this so well, he, he can be a contested catch freak monster his speed on yak ability, it's almost like uh, it's kind of like what we're seeing with Michael Pittman because Pittman is like six foot three, six foot four. He can contest a catch all day long, but he's a yak machine. And, and it's it's weird. You don't see a lot of these these traits come for these taller wide receivers. And now with Bateman, I mean, he's not he's not Michael Pittman height, but I mean, dude, I'm so excited for the prospects of what Bateman can potentially do in this offense. I just hope they give him enough playing time, give him seven targets a game, and you're going to see touchdowns. You're going to see 100-plus yards. It's going to be glorious, man. I completely agree. That's the thing is just give him the volume. You know, Let him be on the field and just throw the ball his way. Let him make a play happen. I agree, man. You want to talk about a few things that have been on my mind? I think I saw this one floating around. You want to discuss a few things for fun a little bit? Yep. Perfect. The Patriots, man. <laughs> Here we okay. go. The, the bloody freaking Patriots, man. Are they? And I've seen this argument already being made on, on other other shows, other programs. 
Are they a legit threat to the Buffalo Bills for the division win? In your eyes today, get the hell out of here. The show is over. Goodbye, everybody. I, I will say this. What worries me, and this is something that the Patriots have always struggled with, is containing mobile quarterbacks. All right. What worries me is if Josh Allen, you know, is in the pocket and then he gets out the second he gets out of the pocket, New England screwed like they have to be able to contain him. And I do think with the addition of Matthew Judon, they can make that happen. Judon has been an absolute beast this year. The one thing that does worry me, too, is their secondary. Their secondary has been hit or miss. They've played a lot better recently, but like JC Jackson, it just can't be the only guy that, you know, that, you know, that they, they need, they can rely on. They need McCordy to really start to step up. They need Jalen Mills to do something. So while I do think that they can, they can compete and they can go ahead, to, they can go toe to toe with Buffalo. There are a couple of aspects where Buffalo has the big advantage over new England right now. Okay. I don't hate the argument because what I see in new England is a lot of moving up the board but who have you guys really beaten? Who? I'm sorry. Did you not see that game against the Jets? Who, baby? We just <laughs> walloped them. <laughs> then we're in the same bow, baby. We just took down. Exactly. The- we're on level playing field. We're level. going toe to toe. Get out of town. But I'm just saying. I'm. I'm I mean, I'm, we, we also I'm trying we to play we, the we devil's didn't advocate lose to the here. Jaguars. Oh, t- man. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You just had to break. It's a week-to-week league, man. That shit don't matter no more. I'm telling you, I get it, man. The Jaguars loss hurts, man. I can't defend it. It sucked, man. I have no argument for this crap. Damn you, Buffalo, for putting me in this situation, man. And we can't have this conversation after this week because we're playing the Falcons. So right. it's like, okay, well, we got we to gotta wait until... You're right, though. New England hasn't really beaten any. They've, they've come close. Like, they almost they almost beat Tampa Bay. They were one sure. play away from beating Tampa Bay, one play away from beating Dallas. You know, so they're, they're all these, like, what-ifs and, you know, close-but-no-cigar kind of moments here. Uh, but we haven't been able to kind of come over the top on those top echelon teams. And I'm going to say it only this way because of the Tampa Bay. That was probably Mac Jones' best game of the season of Agreed. his rookie career so far that that has been his best game. Dallas was a short, a close second. And then obviously the LA chargers game. I mean, he didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot two seventeen, And I mean, a two point conversion, no TD passes, but I mean, when you, when you watch, he hasn't faced a defense like the Buffalo bills. And if the bills are healthy, Trey, uh, Tremaine Edmonds should be back for this contest. I think that's why they're uh, saving him and not, excuse me. I'm, I'm drinking too much today, but I mean, the point I'm trying to say is I haven't seen New England tested uh, defensively really so far this season. Tampa Bay was probably the toughest test, and he passed it. But again, we, they have secondary issues, and Mac Jones is extremely good at throwing the deep ball. He hasn't seen a secondary with uh, with Trey White, with Micah Hyde, with uh, Poyer and company. And, and I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm not saying... Uh, the Bills, this is a runaway anymore. At the beginning of the season, I would have said, hell no, your Patriots are not competing. It's not a runaway anymore. They have closed the gap. Mm-hmm. I will agree with that. We play two times, I think, what, in the next four weeks? So, I, I mean, ding, ding, get your boxing gloves ready, man. Me and Rem are going to yeah. be duking it out. Headliner Nation, uh, you may see a very, very good friendship end, like, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll bring it on the podcast and be like, fuck you, man. I can't be on here anymore. It's going to be amazing. I'm swearing too much today again, man. Dave Gettleman, New York Giants. I had to bring this up because this is interesting to me. 
He's likely out as the general manager. We don't have to discuss this at nauseum because we know the history, but he's likely out as the general manager this year. Uh, news reports drop unless they have a massive turnaround. And I mean, can you blame them? They got to go in a completely no. different direction, man. No, I mean, God, I mean, the, the lack of success that they've had at the general man- manager position, you know, for the last, what, 10 years has just been, it's been, it's been dreadful. I mean, and, the worst thing for the Giants is their their draft philosophy is best player on the board. You know, doesn't matter if it's a need or not. If it's the best player available, we're going to take them. Like just for once, just draft draft for need. Like if it's a player that is on your board and he's fairly high on your board and it's the it's a position of need, freaking take them because this team hasn't had a solid offensive line since well never. They haven't had a good secondary since like. 2001 mm-hmm. and that was when Jason Seahorn was their number one cornerback who by the way is one of the more underrated cornerbacks of NFL history Agreed. but th- just just gonna put that out there um, neither here nor there okay just name dropping Jason Seahorn he was he's one of my he's one of my favorite players yeah <laughs> oh I got it um I but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm perfectly OK with them moving on from him because and they might as well just do it now because they're not turning the season around. Let's be honest. All right. Blow the whole thing up, man. Get rid of uh, your boy from New England there, Mr. Judge, Joe Judge. Get rid of Jason Garrett. Get rid of Gale. Oh, Joe Judge. Like they're, they're like assistant wide receiver coach that also became a head coach. What the hell yeah. is that, man? Get rid of it all. Get rid of Danny Pennies and and start over at the quarterback position because you have pieces on this offense. You can go and get defense. A, they have the pieces on the defense too. The defense is good, man. And you know what? I think the defense is is suffering from that stigma we've seen from other great defensive units that don't have an offense and they're just tired of putting out every week and yep. and they they don't win. And and this Giants defense is the same. Yes, they lost some pieces like Martinez and company, but this defense is still very solid. And I think with another solid draft class, maybe some free agents on the D. This this D's going to mm-hmm. be very scary, man. And what you need is a quarterback. Saquon to stay healthy, an offensive line, and a quarterback. And New York football giants, you have a team. I'm telling you. Dave Gettleman. Dave mother effing Gettleman. Ew. Here's my one thought, Chris. My one thought of the of the week that, you know, it, it's been bubbling. I keep thinking about it, and I think I need to talk it into existence. Matt Ryan to the Washington football team next year. I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, is it just going to be another, another, you know, year for them where they're, you know, they're just, okay, well, we have a filling quarterback for another year or two, and then we have to find our franchise guy. But I mean, they're not going to draft one. They're going to be out of placement to get a, a decent one. I would want to assume. So then, yeah, you know, absolutely get it, get a fill in for a year or two and then worry about your franchise guy later. But honestly, man, this, this offense could move a lot better than, than what they have. I mean, Matt Ryan going with Terry and Diami and now Gibson. I mean, this would elevate everybody on this offense, in my opinion. I'm okay with that. I honestly think that the Washington should have tried to make a trade for him last year. You know, yeah. in this this past offseason when you and I talked about Atlanta just blowing the whole thing up and starting from scratch. I think it's done in Atlanta. I think he needs a change, and I think we'll see that resurrection kind of like Philip Rivers a little bit. You know, just uh, he's Matt Ryan's never going to go back to the forty touchdown guy again. I, I get that, but I mean, right, right. You know, go go twenty five to twenty eight touchdowns, four thousand yards, dude. That's a playoff team in 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 Washington with a defense now that has an offense. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. I don't know. I like it more okay. and more. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll go with it. Good thoughts this week. Okay, okay. I see. Let's finish it off, man, with who's pretending and who's real. Because, like I said, this week is just giving me headaches. Tennessee Titans, man, real or fake? 
I think they're real. I think the defense is real. I think the offense, while they don't have Derrick Henry, you know, for the rest of the regular season, I think that they're still legit. I think they're real if that defense keeps going the way it's going. I mean, agreed. Yeah, it's 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 all predicated to me upon. I don't think Tannehill can carry this team personally. I think that he's okay. I'm a supporter of Tannehill's ability, but he definitely needs Derrick Henry to move forward. But this defense, to me, Jeffrey Simmons, man, he is turning into one of these players that we're the way we talk about Aaron Donald. We will be talking about Jeffrey Simmons in the same uh, category. The guy is just unbelievable. The amount of pressure he gets, the amount of double teams he he takes, the sacks he's starting to pile up now. Uh, this guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm 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 right there with you to be honest with you. And I think that, like I said, if the defense can keep it up. You know, the offense just, Tannehill just can't lose it for them, okay? Like, they need to have some sort of consistency in the run game because they are using more of a committee. The foreman seems to have kind of taken a little bit of that lead role, you know, lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you need you need Julio to stay healthy. You need Julio to stay healthy. You need Ferkser to at least be involved somehow because it can't just be A.J. Brown and then hoping that Julio has a big game here or another guy has a big game here, you know, here or there, there needs to be some sort of continuity and not just randomness from week to week. Cause that's, that's not going to be, it's, it's, it's not gonna be safe. And Marcus Johnson's going to be your new wide receiver one. <laughs> Telling you right. I swear to God, you watch man. He's going to be getting like 20 points a game. You're going to see it, man. It's coming. LA Rams, man. Are they real or are they pretending? I still think they're real. You know, I think that, you know, the, the game against the 49ers was a blip on the radar. I think that Stafford and OBJ are going to find that chemistry. They're going to build that rapport. Yeah. Losing wood sucks. Absolutely. But it means more opportunity for Van Jefferson who can absolutely carry the load in that sense, you know, get Higby involved a little bit more. Henderson has been fine. You know, this obviously last night, he didn't play as well, but I think that they're going to be okay going forward. I do still think that, you know, they they make a really good push in the NFC, if not win the NFC to represent in the Super Bowl. Whoa, I, man, I've lost faith. I can't even go that far anymore. I just, the dysfunction is real when you bring too many superstars to a team. Until I see it, then I'll believe it. I think they're still obviously very, very good. They will be very, very strong. I just, man, I, I don't know what I've witnessed the last two weeks. It's almost like when a team is completely figured out, it shows on the field. And right now, unless uh, McVay does a complete 180, I mean, I got, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I won't go to so far to say they're pretending because they're obviously still contenders, but there's an asterisk there to be extremely concerned. The yeah. Pittsburgh and I, and I, and I, I, I get that because kind of like what we do talk about earlier with the Philly dream team, you know, we mm. get all these superstars, these big names together and it just doesn't work out. I think that McVeigh is the type of coach where he, I think he can bring together a bunch of different personalities and, and make it work. Yeah. I can't argue it. I, I, I think yeah. he does have that ability as well. Um, I, I, his play call, I, I'm going to point the finger more on him than I am. Even the players. I think it's just the creativity has completely fallen off. I mean, when Shanahan is owning you to that level, I mean, I get their buddies and they talk in the off season and share a bunch of stuff, but yeah, man, I, I, I what I saw the last two weeks, I'm just, I'm completely oh, lost with what they are. McVay looked like little brother. Yes, there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. The Pittsburgh Steelers, man, are they real or are they pretending? Are they pretending? Are you kidding me? The defense in that run game? You're not, you're not, you don't have no faith at all? Not with Big Ben's noodle arm and, you know, Mason Rudolph not knowing what the hell he's doing out there. No. <laughs> okay. I love it, man. Cincinnati. If, I, if I'm a team, if I'm a team playing against the Steelers in the playoffs, yeah. you know what I'm doing? What? I'm focusing on on shutting down Najee Harris yeah. and there's just hoping that Big Ben doesn't beat you because Claypool's out for the next who knows how many weeks. We have no Juju. It's literally 
Deontay Johnson and then sprinkles of James Washington here. Whoa, there. don't be disrespecting my boy Pat Fryermuth. The Mooth, man. I know he's he's been balling out. I, I'm except, giving you your props. He's he's the reason why they tied the Detroit Lions with that fumble. Yeah, he is. Sorry, yeah. man. I, I had to bring it up. Cincinnati Bengals, man. Are they real or are they fake? I think they are who we we thought they were. To be honest with you, to quote the good old Denny Green. Um, <laughs> I um <laughs> I think that they're they're an they're a good offense with an average defense that can get smoked from time to time. You know, I don't think that they're a team that's going to be scaring anybody, at least not in the AFC. I agree. And I think they're at the point of where the bills were two, three years ago when Josh Allen was just starting Josh Allen's second year. That's kind of where I feel this Cincinnati Bengals team kind of is they're starting to get the chemistry. They're making big plays. They just need more pieces. And then the puzzle will come together. I think that's kind of where mm -hmm. Cincinnati's likely a year or two away from being a true on contender. The Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. I'm feeling dangerous. <laughs> Real or fake, That's... man? Hey, they were there, and everyone was saying this defense could carry them. I, I think if the defense is 100% healthy, then yes, I think the defense can definitely help out because Baker doesn't need to. He's not. Baker has shown me this year that he's not good enough to lead this, this team to wins. He just needs to make sure that he doesn't screw things up. For the most part, I think when they get Kareem Hunt back, I think the offense will help. You know, it'll certainly grow a little bit more, uh, but it's going to be on this defense. This defense has to be healthy. You know, JOK was back against the Patriots, you know, missing him certainly hurt. But yeah, in order for this team to do anything, the defense has got to be there. But I'm just I'm not a believer. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think they're easily beatable now, unless, you know, Nick Chubb goes completely haywire and off the chain. Like you said, they get Kareem Hunt back. But yeah, I think they're pretending as well. And and with with Chubb, he can go he can go off the chain any week, any given moment any, like that. Yeah, dude can just go ham. And that's the thing. If he's if he's going crazy, he's going haywire and he's scoring touchdowns. That defense will clamp up on you and, and they're going to suffocate you as they step on your throat. That's just how it goes. Kansas City, man, they real or fake now? What are we thinking about these Chiefs? I think they're real. You know, I think that it's teams are going to have, you know, their their lulls are going to have their ups and downs. I think the Chiefs are good enough where they figured out like they did this past week. Mahomes is still going to get lucky. Okay, let's let's be honest. He's going to get have his luck. He's going to have those moments where he should have thrown an interception and it just got dropped. But the consistency with how he plays is going to be there. And I think that this is a team that will be there you know, it come playoff time. Yeah, I agree. And I think the Chiefs, what they did very well was utilize Tyreek Hill over the middle a lot more. And that helped open up Travis Kelsey because we've seen too many times why they keep going deep, deep, deep. Why do you do that to a talented, speedy wide receiver? You only make them go on go routes, like really utilize. Mm -hmm. And Andy Reid, it was like, it was almost like he had a brain fart where this game, he was like, oh yeah, go back to page 98 of the playbook. We have Tyreek going over the middle and running. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be going up against Tampa's, you know, Sean Murphy bunting every single week right. when he's going to have like 300 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. Like, no, you have to switch things up. Exactly. Switch it up and get things going. Last one, the L.A. Chargers. Real or fake, man? Right now, I say they're they're fake because they're too damn inconsistent. I, I can't say they're real until I see some consistency out of them, specifically Justin Herbert, who is going to be a, top five quarterback in this league for a long time to come, but the young man's got to figure it out. And it's so weird that I'm calling him a young man and 
he's playing football feel, and you're sitting I here just, on a I microphone. I feel old. Exactly. <laughs> Good God. What did you do with your life, Chris? Like, you'll think about that for a second. Well, I'm I'm on a podcast. So I'm cool. <laughs> but I agree. You know what it is about L.A.? I think it's the lack of identity. I think they've lost something with their identity, and that's the problem here. Um, can it be fixed? I truly believe it can. I mean, look, Mike Williams is cooled off. Austin Eckler's running ability. They need that secondary running back. The defense has to step up and play better. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of shit going on in L.A. right now. Both your team... Stay out of L.A., man. I think you got to move both these teams back out to other cities. Speaking of other cities, you see the NFL wants to expand to 40 teams. Yeah. So where All right, so let's let's say they expand to like one more team. OK, what, what city do you think deserves an NFL franchise? Oh, it's such a good one, man. I mean, there's a, they, they obviously love the London angle. I hate it. I hate the London angle that travel. If you have to stay, if you have to stay within the United States, though, like what United what States. city uh, in the U.S.? <sighs> You got to say what San Antonio has a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? I mean, what are you thinking? Let me pull up. So, a map. Let me pull up a map. I mean, I. Obviously, you know, it's it's weird because you have, you know, the the Patriots in, in Foxborough, not Boston. I would say out of New England because um, we only need one team in there. But I think, you know, I don't want to say, I mean, Texas has its team. California has its team. Florida has its teams. Right. Um, you know, let's go with, uh, I don't know, North Dakota. Let's give North <laughs> Dakota. All right. Dude. A football team. You go to Alaska then, if that's what you're doing, man. Just, you know, put it all the way up top and just be Actually, going. how about Hawaii? Let's go with Honolulu. Let's man, give you might as well, You might as well go to London if that's the case, man. Can you imagine the travel these teams have to take? Yeah, they got the money. It's fine. East all the way to Hawaii. Good God, man. You hate these people, don't you? I mean, Utah, you saw, I think they had one for Utah to have one. Salt Lake, maybe. Uh, What else was their thing that they were talking? Oklahoma potentially has one. Uh, A bid. What else did they have? Man, why is there no two NFL teams in Chicago? Explain that to me. They got two of everything else. Why not another? I was going to say, they have two two baseball teams. Like, come on. They have have a... Two baseball teams. They have a basketball team. They got a hockey team. There you go. Why not? Why not put one in football second, team? Put in a second football team. Why not? I even heard the Toronto man. Toronto is going to be in the running for this man. So, I mean, I mean, hell, there was a, wasn't there talk of uh, of Buffalo or there was there was one professional team that potentially had to play in Toronto or Toronto was going to play in Buffalo and yeah, no, baseball, yeah it, was, so. it was the Bills. It was the Bills. They were supposed to move up there. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> There you go, man. I mean, that's all I got on this show. It's interesting stuff, I guess. Damn, we went yeah, over just, the clock. Dude, it's just it's just a it's a weird season so far with all the injuries. And I thought, you know, last year, whenever there was a big injury, I was like, you know what? I'm going to chalk it up to COVID. It's just it's a it's a one off. It's because of, you know, the lack of training camp and preseason, blah, blah. And this year they had everything and we're still getting these big injuries. So it's like, well, all right, 2020 decided to move itself into 2021. Man, and how exactly? And how much do you think it is for the two a days? Remember, they used to have two a days, get their bodies in shape. Now they don't have mm-hmm. all that, and now we're seeing guys dropping like flies. I think there's something to that, man. It's it's body preparation, uh, preparation and body uh, memory, uh, muscle memory. Like I think, but I also think it's the the voluntary workouts. You know, like don't make them voluntary. You're like yeah, exactly. You make them mandatory that you have to go there. If you don't, you get fined. I agree. And you're, you're seeing it, man, more and more. And, oh, it's all due to player safety. Well, you're not being too safe now, are you, players? Because you guys are missing all time. But maybe that's what they want because they still get their checks. I mean, I it's, it's, great for the, it, 
it's great for the player safety, but when you don't have your big names on the field, you know, and you're not getting that revenue, then hey, guess what, NFL, you're SOL. And 40 teams, man. You don't even have enough players right now to fill it. We're going to have Geno Smith as a franchise quarterback with 40. I was going to say, you you expand the league to 40 teams. There's going to be some shitty football being played on Sundays. <laughs> there will you're going to start having like, you're going you're gonna to start having Wednesday night football. And it's going to be even worse <laughs> than what we get on Thursday night. Tuesday night greedy, football. You greedy sons of bitches. Everyday football, man. That's how it's going to be. Unbelievable. But that's all I got, man. Let's close this one out. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Vineyard Remedy. I remember this week, man. <laughs> to all, all right. the listeners, thank you for all the support. On behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.